On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge collectibles being banned by the TSA, some imagery released for Fallen Order, a new LEGO Star Wars game coming to mobile devices, Giancarlo talks Moff Gideon, and JJ starts spitting some shit about the rise of Skywalker. And of course, we got the top five, but this week it's times two. That's right, we're doing a top ten special to break down five recreations from the Mandalorian trailer and five recreations of Dark Side Red. everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars Time Show, and if you made it through the slog fest, that was our two plus hour episode last week, good for you, da da da, you're a winner, you are one with the force. Alright, as you heard from the announcer, we've got an action-packed show, I mean obviously it's not going to be as uh, speculative and fanboyish as the last one as we are breaking down all the announcements coming out of D23, but there are some fun things to talk about, and of course we've got the top five, which Nick has made the top ten to account for all of the amazing Mandalorian trailer recreations we are getting from the Star Wars art community, as well as the homages to... Dark Side Ray. But before we get there, Nick, we want to dive into some recent Star Wars news. Starting out with uh, kind of a bummer here, because yeah. I was hoping you, you could get me some of these, but the some of the collectibles you can get at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, in particular the uh, the drinkables, the, the Coke products that essentially look like thermal detonators, well, my friends, they've been banned by the TSA. Yeah, it's a pretty disappointing little story here because like I put in the in the write-up, like these are the most affordable souvenirs yeah. you can get. <laughs> They're probably still $10 a bottle. Yeah, I mean, like you go in... You have this awesome little Coke bottle that that looks like something from the Star Wars universe. Like they designed these very well and people were buying these by the bundle. I mean, like they'd buy four or five Coke bottles, bring them all home and they'd display them. I mean, and now the TSA is saying, nope, we're not going to allow these on a plane because they look like bombs. And by TSA policy, any um, anything that is designed to look like a firearm or an explosive um, or is an inert firearm or explosive will not be allowed on a plane. Yep, yep. So this actually came about on Twitter, Nick, and I guess they they literally have an Ask TSA yep. Twitter handle that that fa- or not fans but passengers, people interested in flying and want to check out some rules and regulations, they can tweet at. And someone literally tweeted, "Hey, I know I know these look dodgy, but they but can they be packed in a suitcase?" And that's when the TSA comes back. And as Nick said, replica and inert explosives aren't allowed in carry-on or check bags. So no dice whatsoever getting these Coke products home if you flow. If you flew down to Disney or across the country to Disney or across the ocean if you're coming from overseas. Which, yeah. kind of a bummer, dude, but it's I, I guess... I get it. I mean, they literally look like hand grenades. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can understand by the word of their policy, you know, this is against the rules. So if you're going and you still want to get these, you got a couple options. You can mail them back. Obviously, that's probably the best way to do it. If you're driving, you don't have to worry about it because you're going to be in your own car. So nothing to worry about there. But it looks like if you planned on flying back with these, then you can, you know, pretty much nix that. Obviously, 
There are some TSA airports that are a little bit more lax than others. I can tell you that Orlando is not one of them. Orlando is a very strict airport. Lines are super long. I've been pulled over many a times to have my hands rubbed down to see if there's any sort of bomb dust on them over there. So, if, well, I mean, let, let's be real. Nick does look kind of shady. I do. I, I mean, look like a shady. He, he, he has that terrorist look to him. Yeah, there's no doubt about bald it. Bald head, tattoos. You <laughs> He's know, got the <laughs> the eyelid ring. I mean, you yeah. never know what that guy's gonna it's, do. It's it's so. a it's a shady look that I'm going for here. But yeah, yeah you, you don't want to fly with Nick, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, because you're probably gonna be pulled over, harassed, and potentially get a thumb up your ass. Could happen. It could happen for sure. So don't ask Nick when he goes down there this fall to fly home with any of these bottles, as I was going to ask. But yeah. uh, I may have him ship me some. But, yeah. I mean, considering my sister lives there, I'm sure I can just have her, her ship me a, a couple cans of these Coca-Cola thermal detonator bomb drinks. Oh, yeah. You can get some that way for sure. I just want to drink a co- I mean, I haven't, I haven't drank a Coca-Cola in probably 20 years. I mean, I haven't really had any caffeinated beverages in 20 years. And just looking at this picture, while yes, it looks awesome because it's Star Wars, I, I'm almost kind of getting a chub over the taste of what <laughs> brown cola tastes like. The only time that I drink Coke is mixed with alcohol. Like, I don't drink soft drinks in my day-to-day. I drink when water. I did drink them, I think I was a Pepsi guy, though. I mean, I can tell the difference between a brown Pepsi and a brown Coke. Oh, 100%. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a flavor difference, but... But damn, they're good. Disney and Coca-Cola, they're like brother and sister here. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's where it's at, huh? Yeah. I wonder who fucked that up on Pepsi's side. Like, who <laughs> fucked up that partnership? You know what I mean? I know, right? That was like, that's that's basically the biggest deal you can have now. Disney oh, literally goodness. owns the fucking entertainment world. So Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just all the shit at the parks, the machines, the, the beverage centers. Wow. Oh, yeah. Product placement and all of their fucking crazy movies. Like, I remember... I don't know if it's still there, but in Epcot, there literally used to be a Coca-Cola exhibit where you could go in and you could try Coke products from all around the world. So like you could okay, go in. Yeah, that's that's pretty hardcore. That's It's almost as if they own Coke, yeah. which they probably do. I mean, at this point in time, the mouse owns most of the universe, so I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mickey Mouse has, has become like the dictator of all entertainment space. It's pretty crazy. So far... He hasn't pissed me off too much yet. But. Yeah. All right, moving on. So get away from the TSA Coke bombs. Don't fly with them, people, or you're going to have to throw them out. There's your PSA on the TSA. How about that? I'm a motherfucking rapper. <laughs> All right, so moving on to Star Wars video game news. Unfortunately, nothing too mind-blowing, but we did get some new art for uh, the uh, Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order. This came by way of a, uh, I'm assuming, a book cover for the companion book that's going to release a little bit before or after the game. I, I can't remember the dates, but it's the art of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Nick. So I'm assuming this is the cover, and it's it's pretty interesting looking. I yeah. mean, you, you may have a better take than I do on what doorway he could be walking into or what these alien-like xenomorph-style head beings are doing, but... Uh, I like what I'm seeing, if anything else. Like, you know, art books kind of give you looks at co- concept art, the art direction, the choices that went into a video game. And, and if this is a tease of that, I, I'm digging it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this looks fucking incredible in terms of just straight artwork. But like you're saying, Matt, the, what's really interesting about this is the location that was picked. And I can't really pinpoint any particular 
any one thing that I think it is, my my mind goes to to Korriban. Korriban is the home of the Sith race, and then also where the Sith kind of you know faction of the Force kind of yeah. came to prominence. So he may be walking into huh. a Sith temple here. I know that. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks it's very templeish, if anything else. I mean, you you can see it. It almost looks like runes. You know, it's yeah. not it's not our bash. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like Celtic runes, if you will, in the in the Star Wars universe. But it those kind of ring the door, and the door is layered in, and you know you got this this red light. So I. I yeah, kind of a Sith temple feel. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity to explore places like this within this game because we know that there are a ton of, like, you know, temples that are dedicated to long-fallen Dark Lords of the Sith where their energy still emanates. We don't really know what Cal is going to be doing in this in this game. All we know is that he is a survivor of Order 66 and that he's just trying to, to, to live his life and evade the empire. So we don't know well, I if bet he, he gets like, sent to look for some sort of dark, mega, yeah. mega item. Yeah. Dark. It's either going to help him find more Jedi or defeat some of the, the inquisitors. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine that, that delving into the dark side or like trying to find something like you just described is going to be part of the mission. It doesn't look like Vader's castle. I mean, we've seen Vader's castle. There aren't these sculptures like Matt was pointing out the alien like beings that are on the side. I mean, yeah, wait, let's focus on that, dude. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they they feel like very humanoid versions of a xenomorph. The xenomorph, those are the aliens from Alien. Yeah. Uh, very uh, kind of Alien Covenant looking or the, the, the neo-xenomorph, the white one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's almost like they're they're suffering from <laughs> the entrance or they're, they're clawing their way into it, but they're... I don't, it's almost uh, like Pompeii, where people got frozen in 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 stasis almost as they were getting melted by ash, something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity to to explore shit like that. Like we mentioned in one of our previous podcasts, where we're going over like the top three dark Sith lords. Darth Nihilus completely drained the life from an entire planet. Could be something like that. In terms of if this is a Sith temple, we know that. I mean, this is, again, in in Legends. I don't know if this is going to apply to new canon, but we know that in Legends, the the Force users who became known as the Sith essentially went to Korriban and enslaved the entire Sith race. So seeing something like this definitely brings up memories of that. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it definitely evokes that type of of emotion or sentiment. Now, the aliens that we're seeing here don't exactly look like what the Sith race previously looked like in Legends, but obviously they can fudge that in new canon to be whatever they want it to be. They can make them have longer heads or whatever the fuck they want. Um, But it does have like that feel to it, like an enslaved culture that is like, you know, grabbing at the masters, trying to to claw their way back to prominence. But yeah, I mean, this is a super interesting location, and I'm sure that the the art book itself will kind of delve into what we're seeing here on the cover. Um, but yeah, I mean, this just brings up another awesome possible location for this game to go to because really, we've only got to see him, you know, see Cal Kestis on on one planet in in the 15 minutes of gameplay trailer that we've seen. So yeah, it was just that that jungle type of planet where he ran into Saul. So I mean, clearly you're going to be going to many locations, and as we heard, it is going to be Metroidvania in nature in terms of exploration. So as Nick was saying, 
play locations like this, environments like this, there's probably going to be tons of just lore laying around. Not even stuff you, you may have to read, but you just look at it and kind of feel the essence of the, the area you're in, the space you're in, and how it connects to the grander Star Wars universe. So, I mean, it's a shame we didn't get more imagery out of the art of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Probably not for spoiler reasons. Uh, but I like where this game could go. I, I, I like its potential. Potential's definitely high. Gameplay looks great. And I do believe now, just based on what we heard over the summer with E3, Gamescom, the set, and the other thing, and just some of this art we're looking, this is going to have a pretty great narrative to follow as well. Something that has been sorely lacking from Star Wars gaming. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to getting into it. We're about two months away. This is definitely going to be a game that I dumped tons of time into. And I haven't dumped tons of time into a game other than Swago in a very long time. So, super. Yeah, I, I've just recently now been playing games again like a normal person. I, mean, I just finished Control, which I highly recommend to anyone looking for a new IP out there. Especially that. if you like the developers of Alan Wake, those types of games. Um, Gears 5, I'm in the middle of playing right now. Early style, because I'm awesome like that. Can't give any final impressions, although by the time you're listening to this, I probably can. The embargo will be up. It's fucking Gears 5. It's awesome. All right, so uh, that'll be two games I've completed, but you're all right. I mean, it's it's been weird not completing games, uh, but the, the Jedi Fallen Order, definitely going to be on the, I don't know, completionist list, but uh, I'm thinking 20, 30-plus hour type of time sink, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Okay. All right, sticking with the Star Wars gaming bandwagon, we got some news today for LEGO and Star Wars fans and gamers. Uh, a new game was announced, LEGO Star Wars Battles. It's coming to iOS and Android devices in 2020. I know, big surprise. <laughs> Everyone was probably like, oh, shit, they're announcing another Star Wars game. Well, we are, but it's as most Star Wars games have been since Disney took over. It's for mobile. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Clearly, Nick and I love us some mobile star wars gaming i mean this will go for life at this point uh but this lego star wars battles nick i think it it has potential it sounds like it's going to be a a deck building game but based on the brief description i'm going with it's gonna be sort of like i'm going with clash royale or the newer release gears pop i don't know how much you read of the release but it sounds like you can collect cards light side dark side vehicles characters and you will go against other people real time, so it's going to be competitive. But it sounds like you will be laying down forces to take out their turrets and base, which to me is the it's kind of a, a lane game. I don't know what yeah. those are called, Nick. A, a MOBA, it's I guess, of, mini MOBA. Yeah, kind of has a MOBA feel to it. What what I think is interesting is it is kind of like you said in the piece, a mix between. A little bit of tower defense, a little bit of RTS, a little bit of MOBA. Because if you remember, you know, one game that Matt and I used to play a lot was uh, Star Wars Force Arena. And that game... That game's dead, by the way. I, yeah. I, I tried to fire it up a few... It was probably a couple months ago. and Just <laughs> never loaded. It's like, oh, really? they, they unplugged those servers. Wow. I mean, it was... Which is a shame, because that game was fucking titties. It but was. it just... There's so many damn games. And if they don't latch people in... I think all games eventually will, I mean, most games like that disappear within a year or two. Yeah, I mean, with with that game, too, it was a similar thing where it was like a quote-unquote deck building. So you're, like, getting cards, and as you get more of the same cards, they level up, and then you drop your forces onto a battlefield, 
and then you are fighting against somebody in real time. I mean, it seems like a very similar concept to right. this game. But le- I mean, obviously with the Lego hijinks and all that. Yeah, fun stuff. exactly. So you add in a little, you know, a few more things. You add in vehicle-based combat. You add in tower defense elements and stuff like that. You have a nice mix. And like Matt said, dropping in the Lego aesthetics always makes things a little bit more fun. So. Um, this is definitely going to be a download for both of us. We'll probably play Fuck it. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, it, it's F2P. I, I, I never get gamers, and I think it's probably changed at this point in time, but when mobile gamings first started to take off and F2P on mobile, a lot of gamers would get butt over it, like, uh, blah, 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 blah. you know, the standard gamer fare. Yeah. That's all I hear anymore, really, with gamers, and it's starting to turn into most Star Wars fans. You know, just <laughs> I just want to yell about shit. Hateful folks. But it's like, hey, it's fucking free. I mean, download it. Worst case scenario, you waste some bandwidth, right? Yeah. And you have to, you have to like tap on your screen for a bit longer to delete it. I mean, let's be real. It's not life or death. There's no money exchanging hands here. You can just demo these things. If you don't like it, delete it. So be on the lookout for Lego Star Wars Battles coming to Android iOS 2020. All right, I don't know why they dropped this press release so far out, especially with no trailer or anything. It, it seems like a wasted op, but it is what it is. We got the press release, and now it's out in the wild for you to wait for or to talk shit about. Either way, <laughs> look out for it in 2020. We'll give you our thoughts when it comes out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, my dumb ass will download that shit. F2P all the way. That's how I live. All right, so up next, we got a little Mandalorian story. Nick kind of dug this one up, so I'll let him take the lead, but... Uh, our buddy Giancarlo Esposito, Gus from Breaking Bad, his, I don't want to say his breakout role because the, the guy's been acting for probably decades, but that's the one at least introduced him to me. So once I get to know you, then you know you've made it in Hollywood. <laughs> Anyways, he uh, did an interview and Nick picked up on that and kind of posted some choice quotes that we want to discuss. Yeah, so in this interview, Giancarlo was basically talking about a couple of things around his character and then kind of the setting of The Mandalorian. He talks a little bit about the fall of the empire. What is the empire post, you know, ROTJ last time we saw them, the death star was blown up. The emperor was dead. They were in shambles. And, and so, you know, his character being a former moth of the empire is now functioning in a completely different space than what he's used to. So when asked about like the empire's position in the galaxy, now this is what Jean Carlo had to say. He says the empire is basically fallen, so their relationship with bounty hunters is a little tenuous. I think they want to extinguish them because they didn't because they create disorder, and they create, and then he kind of hesitates. He says bounty means money, means it's not coming to them. We want to tax that a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see what happens coming out of that relationship. Basically, what he's saying here is that. With the Empire completely kind of fallen and out of, you know, in disarray now, the bounty hunters have fucking taken over. Like, the bounty hunters are now the the source. Well, they, they've eaten up some of the new economy, which it sounds like is essentially fucking shit up. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, these fallen Empire units, in particular Gideon's here, it sounds like he is not a big fan of bounty hunters because he's sharing jobs essentially hits contracts whatever you want to call it with him yeah exactly there he is now you know moff gideon and the imperial remnant throughout the galaxy has now been relegated to essentially you know whatever duties they can pick up that they're being they're gangs dude i mean they're fucking gangs there's they're essentially the mafia yeah so 
with and then you know speaking on that note he talks a little bit about you know what he's doing now that the empire is dead and basically what we can surmise is that there are splinters of this imperial remnant all over the galaxy and they're essentially trying to just assert dominance over different systems so moff gideon is here in this area of the outer rim and he's basically just trying to take as much as he can get with the forces that he has and that is where his you know quarrel with the mandalorian is going to come into play um and then just kind of speaking a little bit about his character um this is what uh esposito had to say he says moff gideon is very very intelligent and very knowledgeable he's very particular about his operation and what he does and he's certainly rising he was an imperial soldier before the empire fell he uses all of what he's learned and has risen from the uh, risen from the ranks because he has some sense of order um he can be cruel and he won't withstand fools and he's a traveler he gets around he knows everything and no one knows why so this dude really is like he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with mainly in like the way that he approaches situations he's not a fighter like if you look at you know, Giancarlo Esposito is an older man. He's leading a cadre of these death troopers. He's not going to be the one who's directly fighting the Mandalorian. He is going to yeah, be the one. This dude sounds like he's making the most out of a shit shit sandwich, if you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean bad situation for the Empire. Their, their structure's gone. Their leadership's gone. It's a lawless world. But with the right type of people, a.k.a. Moff Gideon, they can get shit done and they can make themselves and those that follow them quite wealthy. I mean, they, they are. They're, they're, they're the, the epitome of a warlord. What I'm interested in seeing is, like, if there is, like, some sort of cohesive plan between these Imperial Remnant units, like, do you think that Moff Gideon is working with potentially Werner Herzog's character, who we assume is another... Fuck no. No way. No, no way. I, I think they'll know of each other. But at this point, I mean, it's – I steal this line. I think it's from the show Succession, but it's, it's shit show at the fuck factory, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all fucked up. And these assholes – I mean, think about the people that would rise to the level of, of Moff or whatever the hell Werner's character is going to be, probably a Grand Moff or higher admiral. I mean, they're, they, they knew what they were doing. They knew what the Empire was about. They knew the orders they were being given and the orders they were giving to their battalions to carry out and just horrible shit. So, I mean, these are, are shitty people to begin with. So when they don't have the fear of an Emperor or a Darth Vader in the back of their heads, yeah, I mean, dude, watch out. I yeah. mean, it's it's essentially giving keys to the kingdom to the lawlessness. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the key to this whole time period that the Mandalorian is set to. That's the perfect word to describe it as lawlessness. Not only do you have lawlessness with the bounty hunters and, you know, the, the smugglers and the scoundrels that are taking advantage of this power vacuum in the universe, you also have people like Moff Gideon and like Werner Herzog's character just fucking getting everything that they can get out of this destruction. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty cool to see how the, I, I know that these characters are going to interact. Like they're going to have to at some point. So I want to see what that interaction is going to be like. And if it's going to turn into like 
one of them trying to destroy the other or you know oh i i would th- i would think so i mean i i think moff gideon will be one of the main antagonists to the mandalorian uh werner i i th- he i feel like he's going to be more of an ominous presence so i do think werner's character probably has more pull than moff gideon so yeah i agree i think there will be a a clash actually between those two yeah it's almost like you know this this new situation between all of these you know still standing imperial officers is almost like the old school Sith were like you see somebody in power and you just immediately try to kill them and take the power that they have and add it to what you already got. Exactly. So it's, yeah, I think that this time period and the way that they've described it leading up to the Mandalorian and talking to Favreau and talking to Filoni, like this is going to be a very, very ripe, period for violence i I think they'll at first feign an interest in working together but behind the scenes they're both going to want to undermine the other while they're all trying to undermine the mandalorian yeah and i mean based off of what we've seen and how his character is being talked up i think that gideon is going to be the one that comes out on top and is going to play the biggest part in terms of yeah i don't think warner signed on for a recurring role i mean i I think I, i said this back when we did the D23, I, I think Gideon is going to be the main yeah. bad guy. Yeah. At it, least the Empire bad guy. And There's going to be other shitheads. It's funny that you mentioned that too, you know, being the bad guy, because he was asked in this interview, like, do you see yourself as a villain? Is Gideon a villain? And he says that he looks villainous, but you don't know. He says, could be good, could be bad, you know, could be the conqueror, could be the savior is kind of how... Um, Esposito put it. Um, I like this last piece of his quote. He says, we all need order in our world. And this is an empire that has fallen. It has no order. So, yeah. you know, that's probably his character's mindset. It's like assert order over whatever is in front of you. And that's how he justifies doing whatever he does. Yeah, agreed. So, I mean, I, the fact that it was revealed that Giancarlo was in this show just bolsters it even more. I mean, it, 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 this show's going to be fucking titties McGee. There's no doubt about it. I mean, The Mandalorian's going to be aces. Uh, I think, I hope it's going to be a Band-Aid for some of the Disney Star Wars hater. Maybe get them off of their, their other bullshit so they can get back to enjoying their life and Star Wars again. But you never know. Uh, so stay tuned. November 12, it's dropping. Everyone get their Disney Plus locked up. They get your buy two, get one year free locked up. I did. Yes. It ended yesterday if you didn't. And it definitely worked. So I literally am ready. Day one, it's ready. The lights will be on. I am a Disney Plus subscriber through the D23 program, which, again, if you missed it, we put it on the site last week. That's why you should be paying attention. That's why you should be going to StarWarsTime.net. But you could buy two years, get one free which equals out to about $150 for three years of Disney Plus. Excellent. Beautiful. Yay me. All right, dude. So speaking of Disney Star Wars, Mr. Disney Star Wars himself, the guy that kind of kick-started Disney's take on the Skywalker saga. I'm talking about J.J. Abrams. Yay. We love you, J.J. We love you. I do mm-hmm. love him. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, he's been dropping some quotes left and right. Uh, people got a hold of him down at D23. Things have been finally edited and, and put out there, and we're getting some sound bites. And these sound bites are, you know, this is what people like Nick and I live for. And the rest of you Uber Star Wars fans, we know you do too. 
We know you do too. You like to speculate and fanboy out and guess and wonder and maybe even cause your own rumors or start your own rumors about upcoming Star Wars projects. So, of course, J.J., we know what he's doing. He's working on a tiny movie called The Rise of Skywalker. It has minor implications for the Star Wars saga. But Nick, he was kind of talking about Adam Driver and, and his turn in Tross. In particular, he described Adam in his performance in general as mind-blowing in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so during this interview, is an interview with MTV News. We got the tweet in the, in the article. Um, basically, what he's asked is like, do we, you know, is, is Ben Demption a thing? Are we going to get a redemption thing? Obviously, you know, JJ can't reveal any of that kind of information. So what he does is he complete, he just talks up Adam Driver, says he's mind blowing. But what he, what he also says is that he takes it to another level. Um, and he goes to a place that we've never seen before, which I think is interesting because specifically for the character of Kylo, He's been a pretty straightforward character so far. Like, we know he has some light side leanings in him. We've seen his conversations with Grandpa Vader's helmet. But he's been a pretty, you know, staunch, dark side person since we've met him. I mean, he's done terrible things. Um, but to hear the way that, that J.J. was talking about him and his, his turn, or not his turn to the light side, but his turn, you know, as a turn of phrase in... And Tross, like, it really makes me think that that the character of Kylo Ren is going to surprise a lot of people. And yeah, what's I mean, dude, we, we've been talking about this. Uh, he has the most potential for growth out of any of the characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, wh- where else can Ray fucking go but but dying or just kicking the shit out of everybody? I mean emotionally we we may see that she's having these pulls or she's sensing something's pulling her or she's sensing something dark maybe that's why she has a vision of herself as a sith or a dark side user but the character of kylo slash ben solo i mean he is ripe in this movie to have someone playing him give a mind-blowing performance i mean we're talking he can go from playing this still evil brooding motherfucker to, oh, hey, surprise, I was a double agent. Now look at me being a hero. Or he could just become a hero again, kind of like his grandfather, and you, you would get more of a an emotive look because he's not in a walking iron lung. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I mean, dude, and Driver is a hell of a fucking actor. I, mean, I don't know if people have slept on this guy or you only care about him when he's in Star Wars movies, but dude has put out some amazing films with killer roles, killer performances, uh, so I am I am super excited uh, just based on what JJ's saying about this mind blowing and and I do take him for his word or at his word I don't think this is JJ just blowing smoke up at an actor's asshole I mean Adam's a guy he does he's so cool he's like uh, Harrison Ford he doesn't even have to go to any of these fucking events no. I don't think Adam Driver has gone to a celebration or any fan event since The Force Awakens bro I mean that's how fucking cool he is and. He has that air about him, man. He's a fucking solo, so yeah. that's what he should do. Yeah, I mean, the character of Kylo Ren is just such an interesting person to follow throughout this movie. Because if we look at, you know, what I like being able to do is is look at a series like this and not be able to say, like, oh, who's the main character? Like, oh, Ray's the main character, whoever's the main Like, in this series so far, really, the main character has shifted between Kylo and Ray. Just depending on the movie, depending on 
you know, where you are in the film. I really do think, like you were saying, there's there's not a lot that can happen for right now. So I think Kylo's going to be a strong focus in this film. And then also, like, there's just so much more to learn about him. Like, there's there's so much Right. I mean, think if they go down the, the Knights of Ren path, or if we get some flashbacks, or we get more insights into why Ben worships vader knowing that vader ultimately turned back i mean is there some truth to the theory that he's a double agent that went deep undercover and and tricked everyone didn't tell his mom or his uncle he was doing it because he knew that's what he'd have to do to ultimately get palpatine yep uh or is he just gonna have that turn is he gonna finally realize that he fucked up and maybe raise in dire dire trouble and he needs to sacrifice himself this that and the other thing but if anything the character of Kylo should go through the greatest range of emotions, which therefore in turn translates to performances for the actor. And that's why we're getting this mind blowing commentary from JJ. I mean, this is also the second time that somebody has said that this is a mind altering experience for Tross. You got mind blowing for describing Adam driver's role as Kylo in this movie. You go back and you listen to Kevin Smith. He says that the final sequence is mind melting and well, then, speaking of yeah. that, Nick, I mean, J.J. also spoke on the, the final shot. I guess he was asked, you know, when did you envision it? And he pretty much told the guy, like, listen, I, I knew what the final sequence was going to be, sequence moreover than shot, was going to be before he even started. I mean, he said, if I had not decided on that, I'd be in real trouble. But it was a very, very early on thing, and it's less the last shot of the movie than the last sequence, but it's something that I hope you like which could be speaking <laughs> to kevin's thing and could also reveal more of adam's mind-blowing performance and i mean who knows what could be happening in this final sequence it's probably going to be the culmination of the palpatine ray and kylo thread in addition to some form of mega space battle that's probably taking place with the unknown region sith fleet that's what we're calling it and the resistance, and possibly, again, I love what Nick kind of went with or spitballed last week. May not happen, but I like it. Maybe the First Order and the Resistance teaming up to take on the Sith fleet. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of possibilities for this end sequence. So, yeah, is... I think that last sequence has potential to be pretty fucking radical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the last sequence of a series of nine movies. Like, we've been hearing since Tross started, since the, the official title was thrown out there, this is a wrap of the entire Skywalker saga. This is not just yeah. a wrap of this. And this new motherfucker better not be two hours and fifteen minutes long. <laughs> we, we we haven't had anything to revisit that story where we talked about the potential runtime, uh, but this shit isn't at least two and a half hours. I'm gonna cry. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we get a little bit of news around that soon. Some some you know confirmation around the the runtime. But I I have full faith in JJ. I mean he created what is possibly my favorite star wars movie of all time in tfa i mean i if i was gonna have one person come back and close this thing out it would definitely be jj so yeah i mean i love the guy too i'd definitely give him a reach around if he asked me to (laughs) and and that's why our next story is about jj too right i mean we're just this the motherfucking star wars jj time hour but that's all right love the guy i've been digging his shit ever since alias uh, lost star treks Super 8s, you name it. Dude's a genius. He speaks my language. 
Anyways, he wasn't done speaking yet on The Rise of Skywalker, and this time he actually threw in some TLJ action, which of course meant that we were going to get fans clicking and spewing their TLJ hate on this post, which we did. You guys did not disappoint, so thank (laughs) you for that. And that's not me kind of joining in with you and your pitchforks. That's me just being an asshole because thank you, you for your interaction <laughs> yeah thank, thank you for uh spreading your hate on our page if you're gonna spread the hate at least spread it on yeah. our page right i mean we'll we'll always you know have a shit post that motherfucker to death as long as it keeps that ig algo going and gets us more likes views comments fans you name it right oh yeah you guys need someone to hate you can hate us <laughs> all right so jj speaking of hate we don't hate him. We love him. But he was talking about something that a lot of Star Wars fans, I'm not going to say a lot, that a few Star Wars fans hate themselves. And that is The Last Jedi, right, Nick? So he yeah. was being asked some questions. And he kind of went into, I don't even know if he was asked, like, hey, does TLJ affect what happens in Tross? But he, he, this is what he said. He said, the story that we started to conceive when we did The Force Awakens, it was allowed to continue, period. Episode 8 didn't really derail derail anything that we were thinking about. Okay, so let me, before Nick chimes in here. there's He worded this very interestingly, yeah. which leads me to believe that, yes, he probably didn't have to change a ton or he didn't change the major shit, but he definitely had to change some stuff. I mean, right, Nick, the fact that he said really? episode eight didn't really yeah. derail anything. And it, it's that word really. That is the key word. Yes, yes. I mean, the, the the really part of it definitely kind of makes it a little interesting, adds a little, I don't want to say ambiguity to it, but it it does kind of signal that some adjustments had to be made from the original plan, right? Of course, dude. I mean, that, like I said, and you know me, I've I've been a TLG fan since day one. I mean, I kind of had to talk you off the ledge. You, you still, you don't love it, but you don't hate it. You're not nuts, oh, yeah. right? That's why we kept you on the show. At least we knew that. <laughs> the replacement but it's, it's, was lined It's not up. the favorite uh, for a lot of people, and that's fine. It's it's not going to be my favorite sequel trilogy movie, and it may rank down towards uh, the bottom of the list, but it's definitely better than the prequels, I can tell you that. Anyways... The fact he said, really, I, I do agree with Nick. It does lead me to believe that the, some changes had to have been made, and this just goes back to the, the thing I've bitched about before Nick has bitched about. If we got a motherfucking story group, <laughs> why couldn't someone just said, listen, here is the general outline, you motherfucking artists. I know you guys want to get cute, creative, put your own stamp on Star Wars, but in the end, these are the beats you have to hit in 7, 8, and 9. I don't give a fuck how you get there, but you motherfuckers better stick to it. I don't want any bullshit where Colin starts crying because Ryan did something, and now Colin can't play with a toy in his movie. That's right? a good but point. But Nick, that didn't happen. That okay? didn't happen. I mean, but what I just laid out, again, that's my pitch to become the story group. I mean, it's I could be the daddy. I could sit there and tell people this is what you got to do. You got to share, and you got to keep a theme going. You got to keep some narrative arc going between the three because there's no way you can sit in a room with creative motherfuckers like J.J., Colin, and Ryan and say, all right, guys and girls, figure out a cohesive trilogy which just so happens to be set in one of the most treasured sci-fi franchises of all time. What's also weird is like there didn't seem to be any communication between the directors themselves. That, that's what I mean. Because like dude. fucking it's like Colin, there was no 
like there's no general outlines. Just like, all right, JJ, you want the first one? Cool. Uh, can you maybe give Ryan a few notes so he can start something for the middle movie? And they're yeah. like, all right. Hey, Colin, uh, yeah, you want to do nine? Well, Ryan's doing some shit in eight. We don't really know, right? Yeah, I mean, he's like- an artist. He's a writer. He's writing it now. So we'll see. But we know you've probably already created a, a draft and a script in your head, and you got the vision you want to tell. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Ryan's done, and uh, yeah, he uh, Luke's dead. Yeah. Snoke's <laughs> dead. Um, and- Finn's probably down with Rose now. Uh, this, that, and the other thing. So good luck. And you know, Colin's like, "Fuck my life." I, yeah. I wanted these guys, and you know what I mean, dude. Maybe it's just get all of them in a room somewhere and just kind of discuss things before you start it. But I think that they've definitely, Kathleen Kennedy at least, has picked up on the mistakes of, you know, the the directorial trend and the story group oversight for the sequel trilogy because now. Everything else that's been announced has an overarching team of people that is that that's associated with everything. So Ryan has his own trilogy. The Game of Thrones guys will be over their entire trilogy slash series of movies. So you're not going to have these disparate pieces that are working on one cohesive storyline. Right. No, I like agree, I, and I feel bad for Ryan at this point because there are there are some people that will never ever forgive him, get over what happened in TLJ in their own heads, or even give him a chance. I mean, there are people to this day, anytime they get news on Ryan's trilogy, like, oh, I hope they fucking cancel it. You know, the fandom menace, fucking kill the guy, sucks, ruined it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, I I really hope that time kind of, you know, as they say, time heals all wounds. We'll see. Star Wars fans, they gotta, you know, they, they hold grudges for a very fucking long time, so... Um, we're, we're some years out from Ryan's trilogy. I hope that Tross can kind of heal some of those wounds. I think JJ's in a good it position to, to do dude. that. Yeah. And I said this early on during the TLJ days and just seeing the hate come out. I mean, in the end, first and foremost, my friends, it is a middle act. It was never really meant to have its own close. Okay. A lot of shit was open. A lot of shit can be revisited that will completely change how things played out in the middle act. I mean... Think about it. Yeah. In the middle movie, Darth Vader's literally trying to kill his son because his son won't comply. And then by the end of it, he saves his fucking son. Yeah, he kills the Emperor and saves his son. I mean, mean, it completely changes how the character was portrayed in Empire to how it ends in Jedi. It, It Ending movies can completely change how things play out in the middle film. And look, all of you people who are, you know, who hate TLJ, hate Ryan... You can already thank him for one thing that almost has been unanimously loved that has been revealed about Tross, and that is that fucking Palpatine's here. I guarantee you, if if Ryan didn't decide to kill Snoke in Episode Eight, there would be no reason to bring in Palpatine. Uh, that, that's true, but like, we've also heard now that Palpatine's been in the works yeah. since day one, and it's actually a George thing. So you know, maybe Ryan was told like, "Hey, this guy." You can pretty much he's do whatever the fuck expendable. you want. If you want to keep him around, keep him around. If not, don't worry about it because he's not the big bad. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, moving Snoke out of the way in Episode 8 opens up the entire movie of Episode 9 for you to now focus on Palpatine, the the biggest of the bads, the one who has been here the whole time. Like George, Like you said, George, this was his intention even from when he was imagining shit in his bathroom. Like, you know this is where we're supposed to be and getting Snoke out of the way in TLJ opens up the door wide for Palpatine to, to reign supreme. 
So, you know, that's one thing. If you want a silver lining for TLJ, it's it's opened the door wide open for Palpatine. So, I mean, I, again, like, you know, go back and listen to the casts that we had early on right after TLJ released. You can hear my opinions then. And then you can also listen to the concurrent podcast and you can basically hear me, you know, my opinion evolving on the movie the more that I've seen it the more that I've had time to sit down and think about it and, and put, you know, real thought into the decisions that were made with the characters within that movie. I mean, obviously a first viewing of something is never going to be like your best opinion of it. You're there's things in that movie that happened that literally shocked me in the fucking theater, like just straight shock. And I had to have time to process that. And I think that a lot of people really do need to revisit the movie with a new lens and kind of watch it and, and really kind of dig into like, okay, well, why, why were these decisions made? Why did this happen to this character? There's still some things, obviously, that I think could have been handled a little bit differently. But overall, I've definitely like had a, I don't want to say a change of heart, but like my mindset on the movie has definitely shifted a bit. Yeah, I mean, time heals all wounds, right? Yeah. We'll Not see. To, by the way, people, if you have legit wounds from watching a movie, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's like, whoa, man. <laughs> go fuck. Please, go fuck yourself. I mean, unless it's Schindler's List, That's, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I mean, honestly, give me a break. I, I mean, this is coming from a gas bag who's railed and railed and railed on the prequels, and I'm... I'm, I'm going this is like my year of healing right nick i know yeah I'm trying i'm not saying i'll become some big pussy 20 years since since tpm and matt has he's he's I love finally TPM. don't don't fuck with tpm <laughs> i'm not kidding either i love the phantom Menace. it's a good it's a good prequel it is the good prequel no no doubt about it all right dude so that kind of wraps up our conversation on the star wars uh, news verse anything that people have missed out on you know if, if something pops up we'll make sure to talk about it in the next episode but for now we're getting into something that most of you love and probably the only thing you come to the star wars time show for and that is the top five but as we said or as the announcer said we we pay him he may or may not be us but as he said this week it's been supersized that's right we supersize it just like when you go to mcdonald's i don't think they do that anymore do that i don't it's think been they a long, do. long time i mean all supersizes just become normal sizes these yeah, days yeah exactly right? you go to get a medium colon it's 32 ounces you're like holy yeah, just, shit. just get fat and fucking die here in america that's how we roll get fat and die all right, but anyways, the reason we did this, it's not just because we want to shower the praise on people and get more people to shower praise back on us. It may or may not be that. But in all honesty, Nick, it's because of the reaction you all had, and by you all, I mean the Star Wars artist community on Instagram, but the reactions you had to the Mandalorian trailer reveal and the Tross special look reveal, in particular, Dark Side Ray. So literally within hours of the Mandalorian trailer dropping, Nick, we were getting recreations. I started putting them up and I said, dude, we're going to have to do something special for this because the community went batshit nuts. And I knew they would. I mean, that's just how people roll in Star Wars Artem. But anyways, then then the uh, D23 special look comes out a few days later and lo and behold, we had the Dark Side Ray shot in there and then they come flooding in again to yeah. commemorate her. So I was like, hey, dude, let's just do a top 10. We'll do five and five, Mando and DSR. Nick was up to the task. 
He lined them up, and he sure enough, he knocked them down. So let's go ahead and start with the Mando picks. The Mando picks. So starting off, I will say this just right up front. It was difficult in some places to not put the same artist in both categories. Oh, dude, there so many. There There's were so, so many. And yeah, some people just went nuts. Yeah, there were so many good ones from, from everybody out there, everybody we've ever featured in the top five, everybody who's not been featured in the top five who pop up on our feed. It was just tons of great material. So what I really tried to do was mix it up a little bit. I even added in a new art style that's never been in the top five before. So we're going to kind of go through. We're going to do Mando first, and we're going to get it in a DSR. So first up for Mandalorian is a brand new top five uh, edition, and that is at Hawaiian Mako, Hawaiian underscore Mako on Instagram. And it's one of the most iconic scenes from The Mandalorian the very opening shot, we see all of these stormtrooper heads up on pikes in the middle of the sand. And what Hawaiian Mako did here was a fantastic artistic rendition of this. And this is this looks like this is like some like hand maybe hand drawn. Definitely oh yeah, this is definitely hand drawn. I mean, if if you are a real artist and you're listening, Nick and I have no fucking no. clue what the <laughs> technical terms are for the different types of art we like. We just know what we like and we like what we know. And uh, what Hawaiian Mako's got going on here definitely looks like it was drawn and then colored in. So maybe it's an illustration, but it is. It's a it's a focus on one of the Stormtrooper helmets on a pike. And it's just it's that singular focus. And he's got some particle effects in there, but it just it evokes the feel of the Mandalorian to me, at least the way that trailer made me feel yeah. uh, desolation, lawlessness lawlessness and death yeah exactly and that's what hawaiian mako has achieved here with this killer illustration yeah i mean looking like when you have an image like this that hawaiian mako put together and you can just focus on that helmet and you see the 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 blood you see the the viscera at the bottom of the helmet and and just what it stands for like the empire has fallen and yeah. this is what is like it's an empire of dust now, kind of. If you if you, basically don't fuck with us, yeah. So I mean, it's it's a fucking fantastic portrayal, recreation of that particular scene within the Mandalorian, and it really does it. Like it it tells you like this show is going to be brutal. Like I expect there to be some gruesome shit in the show after seeing you know that trailer. But yes, Hawaiian Mako knocked it out the park. First time in the top five. Hope to see you back. Very, very killer work, sir. So next up in the top five, this is the most liked. I checked. I'm 99.9% sure. This is the most liked image that we've ever posted on a Star Wars Time Show Instagram. This is from a returning top five member. (laughs) Round of applause. Boom. Here we go. It's from at 030079AR. Yeah, the the easy to say name. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> zero zero three. We'll just go zero three. Yeah. So zero three. What he did here was he he recreated the hero image essentially of the Mandalorian with Legos. So you still have the Raven's Crest ship in the background, except in the foreground where you would see the Mandalorian walking forward. He replaced it with a Lego version of the Mandalorian, yeah. and it just looks fucking killer. I mean, this Badass. was. I mean, I don't know if this was a hard thing to do. I'm not sure how he did it. Obviously, this is all digital work that he did here. Um, But, I mean, the way that this Lego character blends perfectly in with the the title 
image of the Mandalorian television show, it looks like Disney created this themselves. Like, this is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this is essentially if they were going to make Lego the Mandalorian the game. Yeah. This is what the cover would look like. Yeah, I mean, 370 likes on a Star Wars time uh, share of this image. So, like I said, very high up there. Yeah, I mean, the IG algo clearly loved this shot, which usually means... The artist did something right. I mean, if you can get the IG algo to like your shot and to pass it around to enough people that can garner, you know, for us now we're at 1,200. It got almost 400 likes. That's pretty impressive, which just goes to show you how awesome this recreation is from Zero Three. And, and as Nick said, it's 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 dead on to what the you know we got the new poster. That's what this is, albeit with the Lego Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, fantastic work here. Uh, again, returning top five member, clear, very clear why this man is a is a constant presence within the top five. Uh, moving on is a more traditional piece of toy photography like we're used to seeing in the top five. This one's from Forstad Photography, all one word, a returning top five member himself. Big time 3.75 inch shooter. So this is, so these are 3.75 inch figures is I, I would assume 375 so. yeah star wars 375 i see at the bottom um yeah. and what he's recreating is they sh- is the shot in the trailer where you see the mandalorian and you see ig11 standing in the doorway of what some sort of building yeah. and just is ominous you know they're they're silhouetted by the by the light in the background just a fantastic shot so what he's done is he put his own spin on it he obviously, there's no Mandalorian figures out yet, and there's no IG-11 figures out yet, so he used a Boba Fett, and we have an IG-88, and he, he turned it down, so it's nighttime, and he gave, gave them both flashlights, so IG's lights are his eyes, and then Boba has uh, a light on his gun, and I just really thought that this did, this kind of captured the essence of that shot from the trailer really, really well. Yeah, I think the characters are on opposite sides, but we'll just pretend that this is a follow-up from that shot, and, and the Mandalorian's a little bit in front of IG, what is he now, 11? 11, yeah. Yeah, but no, it, it, it's, as you said, I mean, I love shot-for-shot recreations, uh, so they're very hard to do sometimes because you are you're going for realism in this case, and you, the background's got to be dialed in. And a lot of times, as a toy photographer, you probably don't have a fucking bar door from the Star Wars universe or a door in general from the Star Wars universe to throw up. So whenever people like Forstad can can sit here and either make something of their own out of cardboard or repurpose other dio backgrounds. Uh, it just it just shows you the creativity that flows in the Star Wars fan art community. Oh yeah, dude, it's a beautiful shot here. Excellent work by Forstad. Smoke in there, I like the lighting. Oh yeah, I mean everything. Like you said, the, the artificial house. lights and how you kind of have the the light rays from the smoke uh, fleshing them out. It's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. And Forstad always does good stuff. And he uh, back in the day he used to teach me quite a bit on the Affinity uh, photo processing app. Because he used to throw up behind the scenes type of stuff. So there you go. One of thanks for us, Dad. Matt's original inspirations making. Yeah, there you go. Five. He's one of my uh, <laughs> digital editing senseis, if you will. There you go. All right. So next up on the top five, I mentioned I added a new, <coughs> excuse me, art type. Into and this, this was week. a brand new account find too. I mean, this is a, a new everything to Star Wars Time Show, and I'm glad I, I was able to dig this one up. So. 
Yeah. Uh, this all came by way of the let's everyone we love the Mando, let's make stuff to honor it. Yes. Movement. So this is a pixel art piece, and this is from Rob Levy Pixels on Instagram at Rob R O B L E V Y Pixels on Instagram, and it is a a pixelized recreation of the Mandalorian poster, just like we were talking about with zero three above. You see the Raven's Crest ship in the background. You have the Mandalorian in the foreground, and they're on what looks like Tatooine, except it's all done in amazing pixel art format. Yeah. And I do. I love pixel art. I don't know if it's because, you know, I was born in 80 and grew up in the 8 bit era of video games or what, but I, I always, always appreciate pixel art. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will tell you as much like this grabbed me so much that, like, I am just, I may start attempting to do pixel art myself like i've always yeah. been interested in that type of art style like i went to school for like digital animation and video game creation stuff hey, like that dude, use your degree a little bit yeah, have some know. fun we see you're always pressuring me to throw out my yeah. fucking shots <laughs> now we can have you yeah up here you can be your own little star wars fan artist so maybe i you know maybe you do know, it a few months down the road i'll start you know matt just start and I with a helmet at least yeah. like a helmet on a background and go from there yeah. you know just start with try to make various helmets from star wars or faces yeah some small projects first but yeah i mean this literally inspired me like i went online today i was like what's good you know like i don't have a photoshop license right now i can go get one but i was like let's see what's out there for yeah, tools i wonder if there's even a special app just for pixel art. there is there's one literally called, just pixels and you have to go in and color each one in yeah there's one called piskel p-i-s-k-e-l <laughs> of course and, yeah piskel. figures but that yeah. one is apparently really good <laughs> for like starters if you're just getting into the pixel art kind yeah. of world. So it's almost like a paint by numbers type of thing. Like I, I bet is. they could fill out numbers. Be like, okay, all seventy should be this color. Yeah. So I'm gonna try it out. See if I can make yeah, anything do that it. looks halfway decent. But uh, Rob Levy Pixel, sir, you inspired me to look into this. How about that? Look at that. Thing. Look at that. So it's just like it is just a community of love, inspiration good cheer oh yeah right come on there's always time for star wars time there is and look i we even played around with the idea of you know having matt break down one of his shots you know every now and then because matt we'll get there maybe maybe yeah. on slow weeks we'll get there we'll, we'll see what we can do but you know. I, ig has, has made it loud and clear <laughs> i'm not that good so you don't have to worry about following me or any of my tips that's fine <laughs> i've come to just live with that at this point we'll see we'll see all right, <laughs> last up on the top five is... For Mando, that is. For Mando. we got five more to go yes. for Dark Side Ray. For the Mando top five is a heavy hitter in, in the Star Wars art world. Easily top three fan artists, in my opinion, yeah. for me. So this is from Daz Tibbles, at Daz Tibbles on Instagram. And what he's done is he's created his own poster for The Mandalorian. And this thing looks fucking fantastic. Like, you can see the Mandalorian Mythosaur crest in the background. You can see superimposed within the Mythosaur skull is an image of the Mandalorian himself. And then in the foreground, you have the Raven's Crest ship right there. It's a Razor Crest, Razor by the way. Crest, not Raven. I didn't crest. know either, but I just looked at his own comment. It says Razor Crest. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Razor Crest. 
See, I've been saying it like I, a I've been calling it like Ravenclaw, you know, fucking Harry Potter this, and <laughs> Gears of War that. I, I mean, who the fuck knows? Yeah. But the Razor, Razor Crest. Crest is what we're talking about. There we go. And it is a cool looking ship. The, the ship's definitely grown on me it in looks terms of like, the design. It looks kind of like Serenity from Firefly with those two engines off to the side yeah. like that. It's, yeah. it's, I always try to find little Firefly inspirations and stuff, but... I mean, really, just, if you look front on, dude, it, it's got a little slave one feel to the cockpit. It does too, how, like, like that cockpits kind of that rounded angle shape. Yeah. Yeah. I it, wonder if he like sits up kind of like a Boba did. Could be. But I mean, this I mean, this is just a total like I don't know if this was anywhere, if this, you know, particular design was anywhere. I think this is a fully original design. Yeah, th- from this is Daz. just Daz, aka I think his real name's Darren. This yeah. is just him doing what he does. And this is why I still can't believe this guy isn't on a retainer for for Star Wars or Lucasfilm or, or Marvel or anybody. Like this is something again, I don't know if Darren sells his own shots, if he does poster size Anything like that. I know he does a Patreon. Yeah, he's got Patreon, Patreon, whatever, call. Patreon yeah. whatever. Yeah. He's got one of those. This is a shot that if it was available for purchase, I would buy it. I would hang it on my wall. Poster size, movie poster size. It's just fantastic art. I mean, and there's just so many deep cuts that are hidden in it. Like I was saying with the, the Mythosaur skull in the background, the, sh- the Razor Crest in the foreground, but you can also see... He, he incorporated the twin sons of Tatooine on there as well. I mean, there's a lot of fantastic artwork within this one art piece by, by Daz Tibbles. And I mean, this is a killer. Um, the guy is just a, an incredible talent. Um, and, I, you know, when we tagged him in the, in the top 10 posts on Instagram, he reached out and said, you know, thanks for the, for the mention. Glad to have somebody of his stature interacting with us on, on IG um, the guy's a killer, and if you roll through his his feed on Instagram, it's just filled with fucking knockouts. It's ridiculous. Like this. I mean, the, what the, the guy's animations that that's where he really fucking shines. And again, it's like, dude, how's no one hired him to do his or at least be the the concept lead, the the art lead on an animated Star Wars project? Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's just it, insane. If this if this guy, I don't know, he's probably come up and people that work, you know. At Star Wars, for Lucasfilm, Disney have probably seen his stuff. Like, this guy, like, just some of the shit. Scroll down a little bit, find the one of Chirrut standing there, hit play on it, and seeing the, the animation of Chirrut just right. standing there while the fucking TIE fighter shoots around them. Right, tell, tell me your eyes don't pop boners when you see yeah, that, the, my friend. The dude is just an incredible artist in every respect of the word. So, um, at Daz Tibbled. D-A-Z-T-I-B-B-L-E-S on Instagram. Give him a follow if you're not already following. Dude is a genius. All right. That was the last of the Mandalorian top five. Like Matt said, now we are going to be moving into Dark Side Ray DSR, DSR. top five. Um, this one, I mean, like Matt said, there was, you know, we didn't get a ton of new footage from, uh, from the Rise of Skywalker trailer. We got a D23, but what we got was DSR and then that is what the community really fucking Oh yeah, I mean that's, that's the only thing they really latched onto is that and Rampo. Yeah. I mean there there's a few Rampo recreations but it was it was almost exclusively DSR. Yeah. So again, same as with the Mandalorian, we have some new top 5 members, some returning top 5 members. First up is a new person to the top 5 and this is Augie's Toys 
at A-U-G-I-E-S underscore toys on Instagram. And he has a DSR that is actually magnificently, you know, concepted. You have her in a, what looks like a red, like an actual red Sith robe with the dual-sided blade lit in front of her. And then superimposed in the background, you have the Imperial logo all in red and black. And that's what really kind of made this pop for me is that putting that Imperial logo in the background and her in the foreground really kind of makes it sing. Yeah, it is. It is more of kind of a concept piece. I mean, it's not a recreation of the scene. It's it's taking the character as she was portrayed in the scene and kind of arting it up a little bit. I mean, I did read the caption. That's actually Mace Windu's robe, uh, the new Mace Windu okay. Black Series that Augie's using here. And then the blade is a Darth Revan Black Series hilt. So I always like that in the... Kind of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff I always get off on. That's pretty and That awesome. looks like Island Journey Ray, the one that came out with TLJ. <laughs> so for the, for the blade here, Matt, is this something that he took that is a single-sided blade and then he kind of like... Exactly. Like duplicated yep. and it's just a it? hilt. It's, it's a Revan hilt because Revan has two, and it just he took the hilt and just shot another uh, beam out of the back end. Awesome. I mean, see, that's yeah, yeah. so. No, it's cool. I mean, that's what I mean. I always like when people kind of kit bash shit and come up with a new look for a character, in this case, or brand new characters. So, yeah, incredible work here by Augie's Toys on Instagram. Welcome to the top five, sir. Plus, it looks like he dodged her eyes, which means you kind of lighten it up, and I think that adds to it as yeah, well. Yeah, her eyes actually they do pop a lot. It's, yeah, the white in her eyes pop for sure. Yeah. So that's naturally where my eye goes is right to her face. And I think that's why I like the shot in general. Yeah, and he also did a fantastic job of like of illustrating the because one of the things that people pointed out with that when you know with Dark Side Ray was the chaotic nature of the blade again, almost yeah. similar to the to blade Kylo. was very Kylo Ren esque. Yeah. I don't know if it was like full on out of control beam emitter, but it was definitely uh, violent. Yeah. So well done. Speaking of violent blades. Yeah. Moving on. Violent blades is a, is a fucking understatement for what Ying Keat has done here at Ying Keat 0675 on Instagram. Matt, I think this is one of your boys from Exclude. Yeah, Collective. this is Tam. I mean, he and I, we help out at the Exclude Collective. So I, I've been in DMs or Slacks or whatever, Trellos, whatever you want to call it, with Keat for, for many years now. Uh, but I, I love his take on it because he, he stylized it a bit. I mean, obviously we were talking about the blades and murder blades and looking violent and, and his blades his interpretation are, are as violent as it gets and, and i dig that yeah exactly it almost has like an atmospheric kind of feel to oh the yeah blade. I mean, there's there's some red in there some purple maybe some blue coming in there so he's playing on the duality of dark side ray uh he is using this is not island journey ray this looks like jedi training ray JTR, as she's known in Swagoland, see yes. Nick, they're everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, and um, the robe I, that I, that looks like a custom robe because it actually fucking fits, and the hood actually goes down. It doesn't look like someone used their thumbs and glued the hood to her head. <laughs> have these funny rolls going there, but I just overall it was the atmosphere of this shot that I liked of of Keats, and I believe his background there is that. Uh, the ubiquitous from Novo Reval, the thing that I've, I've told you about, that basically people want to murder themselves yeah, after so setting it up. Throw out, throw it out of a window. But yeah, I mean, the, the one where I, I <laughs> had my wife build it for me on Father's Day because I'm a lazy loser. Yeah, but what really, what really kind of drew me to this shot is 
for some reason, it's the positioning of the hood. It's the positioning of her body really reminds me of, of Anakin and rots like that scene where you see him on Mustafar right after killing yeah, the separatist with the head leaders. turn and yes, yes. face is kind of shadowed out. You can only see one eye. Yep. And there's a disturbed look on her face. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I wonder if, if Keat kind of pulled a little bit of inspiration from there or if this is just a completely original setup. But overall, I mean, this was a killer. Like you said, that blade really makes this image pop. And then the positioning, the robe, everything feels so fucking fantastic about this. So um, excellent job here. At Yinkeet0675 on Instagram if you're not already following. Next up is another returning top five member. He's been on here before. He has a lot of fun with his shots. This one is another one where it's fun. It's not really funny, but it's a very cool concept. Again, it's a little more serious for Wastuja. Yeah, for Wastujai. W-A-S-T-U-A-J-I on Instagram. We always butcher his name. We're never going to say it right. Wastuaji. Wastu, Aji, however you want to say it. The guy is a killer when it comes to photo composition and coming up with original ideas. So what he did here was he took reference from the poster that was released for for Tross, where you have Ray on one side, you have yeah, Kylo the, the on D23 the D23 special poster where, yeah, they're kind of doing their fighting thing, and then you have Hot Toys Palpatine in the background. Yeah, and in this one, what he's done is he's he has, you know, Dark Side Ray on the left with fire red fire kind of on that side and then on the right side of the image you have kylo except now kylo is holding what looks like the skywalker family blade and he has he is on the light side of the image so it's a very cool kind of juxtaposition of these two characters where we're thinking you know if dark side ray is a thing could we get the bendemption and kylo's on the light side so um exactly you know he, he got tricky there he 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 had a message to to say, but he did it in, in photo form, and I dig that. I, I do like how he played on that poster and, and made Ray the red with the double and Ben the blue with the family blade. Uh, it's just a fun take on that poster, which I do dig the poster, but I'm not going to lie. I, the more I look at it, I do not like the fucking Palpatine eyes. The Palpatine. it's not fucking Palpatine. It's Hot Toys Palpatine. Yeah, the Palpatine definitely kind of throws that whole image off a little it bit. It fucks it up, man. I mean, it if really you does. just would have left it a lo- like if you just would have extended the image up and not had the superimposed Palpatine, it would have been perfectly fine because the shot itself is fantastic. I mean... Or just don't put the eyes in, maybe just the outline of the hood or something. I don't know, but yeah, but you just tell that that's not Ian's face. Yeah, it's it's too statuesque. It's it definitely doesn't feel like a real person. <laughs> but I mean, it's still my phone background for the time being until I can find a better one. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wastujai's fucking well, dude. Start making some fucking pixel I art, could. bro, and you can have your own. I can wallpapers. make my own wall. My own wall. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> God, I'm gonna be. Am I going to be an artist now? I'm going to be a part of the, the Star I'll tell you Wars what, dude. I, I'm happy for you if this is something you want to dig into because I think having hobbies like that are really the point of living at this point. Once you start reaching our ages, I think you're a a new member of the 30 Club. Yep, 31. I'm going to be in the 40 Club next year. So, yeah, you need shit like this. Yeah. I mean, life is not all about fucking work and video games and this, that, and the other thing. It, it, creating art has, has brought so much joy to my life ever since I kind of picked up this hobby a few years back. So, 
I, uh, if you can do it, buddy, I recommend trying it out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. I'll, I'll give progress updates when they are there to give. Right, and then when it, when he posts it, we can make fun of yeah. him and leave shitty comments. Fucking rip me down. And then he 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 too can experience IG sucking his creative soul out of him <laughs> as his sh- his great shots that he put time and effort into go nowhere. I will tell you one thing though: one person that does not have her creative soul ripped out of her is our next top five entrant here, and this is a first time top fiver. This is. Girahad on Instagram at G E I R A H O D on Instagram. And she came up with a fucking beautiful illustration of Dark Side Ray. And like it just everything about this image is is absolutely fantastic. She describes it as a painting, and what you see is Dark Side Ray, red lightsaber lit behind her full kind of cloak on and then just the look on her face and her front hand actually has a lot of red dark side energy emanating from it i mean just yeah, it's overall. like rocks floating around rain i mean she looks like a pissed off sith woman i mean this is something we've never seen in live action star wars yeah right i mean we've never seen a female force user in live action Star Wars of of any type, right? I mean, yeah. I guess Leia in TLJ, but in terms of getting nasty, getting getting action oriented, I'm with you here, man. I mean, this is if if there is gonna be Dark Side Ray, if it's not a vision, like we're pretty sure it's going to be because of StarWars.com. This is exactly how I'd want to see her. That that sinister look of like, oh yeah, you think you can take me out just because I'm a girl? Yeah, good luck, motherfucker, because I'm going to rip the life out of you with the dark side of the force. Uh Uh-oh, the fact that I'm not hearing Nick means that we probably lost him here. He's probably lost to the force. We do not hear him. Nick, are you coming back? Do we need to finish this without you? Yes, we do. So anyways... That shot comes from Girahad. It's a fantastic shot. I mean, it's not a shot. It's not photography. It is art. Make sure to check her out on Instagram, G-E-I-R-A-H-O-D. So check that that, uh, image out. And the last shot here, I'm going to go ahead and take it on my own because I'm pretty sure Nick is dead or his, uh, his apartment has exploded. Hopefully he's all right. Hopefully the force is with him. But the last shot here comes from Tiny Epic Photos on Instagram. So Tiny Epic Photos, all one word. And this shot is something to be amazed by. It is absolutely beautiful. Okay, yes, by the way, just got word. Nick is safe. He did not die. He did not spontaneously combust. He did not become one with the force. So let's get back to looking at Tiny Epic's photo here because it is amazing, just like I've been saying. So what we got here, we have a shot of Dark Side Ray, but she is now the supreme leader. She's sitting on the throne, Snoke's throne. She's got Kylo's helmet to her right. She's got the blade in her left, and she's got the yellow Anakin eyes. I mean, the, the ambiance in this shot is just to die for. It's beautiful. Have I said that yet? It is absolutely stunning. I mean, you got the atmosphere in here. I'm guessing some atmosphere aerosol. The, the lighting makes the, the aerosol 
bounce, pop. You got the, the, the colored lights really accentuate Ray's face. And then, like I said, there's probably some dodging going on in the face because the way it's lit, your eyes are just drawn to it. And she looks like she could fuck you up. So, um, personally, this is probably my favorite shot of DSR, but they're all fantastic. That's what we do here, people. That's why we, we honor you. We honor you, Star Wars fan artists, because we appreciate what you do for the fandom, what you do for the community, and how you show your love for all things Star Wars. And the way we do that, well, my friends, we have a website. It's called StarWarsTime.net, and we would be so, so happy if you'd make sure to hit that site on a daily basis, or at least to go there and subscribe to the podcast that you're now listening to. You can hit the subscribe to podcast link up at the top, or if you're on mobile, go ahead and hit the hamburger menu and you'll find it there. Once on that page, you'll find all the platforms you can subscribe to. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Android, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. You name it, we'll be there. We're also on YouTube. You can also get our subscribe link to our channel from StarWarsTime.net. All right, people? There's always time for Star Wars Time, so get your asses on the bandwagon. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.